0: The Penguins blew a game in catastrophic fashion last night, but the big topic is actress Susan Sarandon doing analysis on NBC. The Penguins' choke job was bad, but Susan Sarandon was worse. She was groaning like Dick Groat. Perhaps the two of them should get together. Meantime, here we are in the second day of NFL Free Agency, And the Steelers haven't signed anyone, well, except for retaining one of their own, running back Fitz Toussaint. The Steelers should sign Tyrant Matthew. It'd solve a lot of problems. Today is the 25th anniversary of the Coverdale Page album, which was incredible. Check out my blog at WXDX.com. And tonight, I'm at the Boulevard in Greensburg, right there on Route 30, for a Penguins viewing party. Susan Sarandon will not be welcome. My name is Mark Madden. I am a super genius with a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. But a boom Smartest guy in the room. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Josh Joey from TheAthletic.com at 3.30. Colby Armstrong of... Boy, pretty much every hockey media outlet there is. The X penguin he joins me at 415. It's the best hockey talk in town. You can hear it only here on the home of the Penguins 105.9, the X. It's the Penguins at Montreal tonight. Antti Niemi is in goal for Montreal. Niemi, you may recall, started the season with Pittsburgh. He played three games, lost all three games, And his goals against was 7.5. Yes, that anti-Niemi. But his goals against in Montreal is 2.30. I don't know how that happens. How the guy was so bad with the good team and so good with the bad team, but the Penguins got to beat him tonight. I want to get to the Susan Sarandon thing very briefly. Uh, Ms. Sarandon was absolutely terrible sounded stupid and uninformed, and there was simply no good reason to have her involved for even one second. But that's typical NHL. It's why hockey is number six among the four major sports. Monday Night Football has Obama. A former president has been on that telecast. The NHL has some has-been actress, some linebacker from the Philadelphia Eagles, And some NASCAR guy. A peripheral celebrity does no good. It doesn't help. In fact, it cheapens. I don't see why the NHL thought using Susan Sarandon on a broadcast would help even a little. If anything, using her and the Eagles dope and the NASCAR jerk, it alienates the real hockey fans. The NHL has to accept that is a niche sport, and just super serve the fans it does have. Keep them happy. There's no way to manufacture a big uptick in hockey's popularity, not unless Tiger Woods plays. Speaking of Tiger, last time I looked, he was the leader at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and he is now the betting favorite to win the Masters. He's played a tournament where he finished second, and now he is having a good first round at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I think he finished four under on the day, and he's the favorite to win the Masters, which is totally nuts. Really, that's Vegas covering its ass in case Tiger does win. A lot of people bet on Tiger no matter what the odds are, and now that he's playing good, if he goes off at 100-1 to and he wins... Well, they would have to charge me more for my filet mignon, and we just can't have that. I can't believe Arizona released uh, Tyran Matthew, the safety. The guy's only 25, but at 5'9", the way he plays, very physical. His primes are going to be too long. Matthew would be a great fit for the Steelers, but it cost at least $7 million per season and maybe more, maybe nine. Let me see. The Cleveland Browns are paying Carlos Hyde, the running back, $5 million per year. Who would help the Steelers more at 14 mil? Hyde and Matthew or just Lev Bell? Hey, just saying. The Penguins lost and that was a bigger deal than Susan Sarandon. By the way, when's the last time she did a movie that mattered? I heard her reference by the B-team today, and they were saying Thelma and Louise and Bull Dorham. And I'm thinking, boy, those were a long time ago. Has she done any more recent that was any good? And really, she hasn't. Way back when, Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's even before her two big movies. She was okay in Ray Donovan last season, I will say. Uh, The Penguins are now 14 wins and 22 losses away from home. The Capitals are 15 wins and 19 losses. The Flyers are 18 wins and 17 losses, and so is New Jersey. So there's no need to panic about the road record in the Metro, but Tampa Bay is 23 wins and 13 losses away from home, so there's that. I just hated that loss last night on so many levels for so many reasons. The Rangers are in last place. And the Pens were had two nothing after two, and had three 2 late. There was no one big thing that got me pissed, but Rowney was on the ice for the last two goals surrendered in regulation. Wanted even strength to one short uh, one a Rangers power play. Ruudel took a penalty, give the Rangers the power play that landed the tying goal. The bottom part of your roster can't do that, can't fail like that, can't make mistakes like that. They don't have to win the game. But the bottom part of the roster can't lose the game, and that's what Rowney and Weedle contributed mightily to doing last night. Sherry got dropped from the first line right quick, and Sheaen moved up and played alongside Sin. Boy, it looks like Sullivan sees moving around Sheaen as the answer to everything. But even though I'm a bit sour on Sherry, he does have 14 goals, and Sheaen has 10. I'm not sure Shane on Crosby's wing is better than Sherry on Crosby's wing. Kreider of the Rangers blew by Latang on the 3-3 goal. That was the full in the Ronstadt. Blew by you to set up that tap-in. Uh, New York was two out of three on the power play. Gino's been a monster lately, but he missed that penalty shot uh, at the death in regulation. It was just a stink sandwich. And now the Penguins are tied for first, but Washington has two games in hand, and the Pens are just five points above a wild-card spot, and you don't want that. So like I said, just a crap sandwich. I put a story up at the Pens website today about the adjustment of Derek Brassard. He did okay last night, got an apple, worked his us off, and he's going to be fine. But boy, whenever the Penguins lose a game... In frustrating fashion, all the fair-weather douchebags can't wait to point fingers. Oh, they're going to blow a chance to make history. Right. They. Their history. You are going to be inconsequential no matter what happens. so go mow a lawn or wait a table or get me a Slurpee at the Seven Eleven. The Gino thing, he's been awesome. He's the MVP of the league, but he was feeble in that penalty shot. I figured Gino would fix all the mistakes made in that one moment. A happy birthday to our friend, our buddy, Brett Michaels of Poison and of Butler, 55 years old. Brett's younger than me? Is that possible? 55 years old and still rocking, so good for Brett Michaels. Great singer, great performer, great songwriter and one heck of a guy. Poison on tour this summer, but they're not coming to Pittsburgh. Now, that could be coincidence, or it could be because Brett makes more money personally with his solo band, and he always sells out Jurgles or wherever he plays in and around Pittsburgh. We got Josh Owe at the bottom of the hour, Colby Armstrong at 415. In just a moment, I'm going to talk about NBC's hockey coverage. Not just Sarandon, not just criticism for that, but there's not a lot to like about the way NBC presents the NHL. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. Yes, Mark Madden. You're kidding me. That's ridiculous. You know what, I'm going to skip right to my original thought and just say this is stupid, you're stupid, thanks for calling. The X at 105.9. The NCAA tournament is underway, and I did not fill out a bracket pool this year. Does that make me weird? Maybe un-American? A a communist? Seriously, I feel like I did something wrong. Oh, here's the latest update on the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Being played in Orlando. Tiger Woods is not the leader now. He is tied for second with Rory McIlroy who is still on the course, and Patrick Reed, and Byung-Hun An. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but don't really care if I'm not. All of them at minus four. The leader is Jimmy Walker at minus five, which is dynamite! Going to be the same thing. Tiger will finish second. Everyone will wet their pants. 412-333-9939 412 9939 is the number to call. You know, I've come to realize there's every reason to hate NBC's hockey coverage. Never mind the Susan Sarandon thing last night, which was absurd. A con like Mike Milbury is presenting an updated version of the game that the NHL should be trying to get away from. Uh, Milbury minimizes concussions. Like when Brian Rust took that hit from behind the other night. He emphasizes toughness. And yeah, Milbury gets people talking. But people that do NFL broadcasts get people talking too. But the league, the NFL, never loses control of those people or lets them forget that selling the game comes first. But who cares? I just turned on the sound. Uh. I want to get to Sidney Crosby for a second because he's doing well, but maybe not quite as well as he has or quite as well as the Penguins will need him to. Sullivan needs to put either Brian Rust or Patrick Hornquist on Sid's right wing. Either Rust or Hornquist. It's time to stop frigging around with your best player. Time to stop giving Sid the leftovers. Time to stop pretending that Sid and the kids... Works more than sporadically. Give Sid either rust or Hornquist. Sid is producing steadily. He's got 76 points in 71 games. But Sid's not taking a game apart more than occasionally. And the Pens need Sid to do that more often. You know, like he used to. And Sid needs more help to do that more often. I am still not totally sold on the idea of Sid, Gino, and Phil on separate lines. Sullivan loves it, I know. And yeah, it worked in 16. I'm sure most of you still have the t-shirt, HBK, HBK. But Gino and Phil on the same line won last year, and even though it's more recent, that seems to be ignored largely. Uh, The Miami Dolphins are releasing Mike Pouncey. They already ditched Sue and Jarvis Landry. It's easy to see what the Miami Dolphins are doing. They're getting rid of all the jerks, all the ass bags. They've just had enough. And you watch, this is the beginning of a welcome trend in the National Football League. Just not here in Pittsburgh. Let's go to Billy in Denver. Billy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey double hey, yeah.
1: I think the only reason we all had to look at Susan Sarandon's face yesterday is it, people,
0: east, people east of the Hudson, they love that sort of thing. They just, they just love hearing people like her yap. You mean like in New York City? Yeah, New York City. Yeah, New York City.
1: Like it's they like the, they like people like her to yap, and in, in Nashville, they like to hear their hillbillies yap over there too. Well,
0: ordinarily to I'd say you are full of crap, but you might be onto something because one thing networks have always been guilty of and especially ESPN, but but NBC perhaps in this case, they just do things the way the big cities want, the big markets. Look at ESPN, how every Yankees-Red Sox game is the Super Bowl. But, you know, if, if two teams from the Midwest would play in a big game, like if the Cardinals played Pittsburgh in a meaningful baseball game, that would be Don played. And certainly that matchup doesn't make national TV as often as the Yankees against the Red Sox. So, uh, again, you might be onto something. However, Susan Sarandon was so bad in her delivery, she just kept, you know, like Dick wrote, ooh, ooh, ooh. I thought maybe Pierre was under the range of the camera. You know what I mean. And I don't think that played in New York either. I don't think that played anywhere. I can't think of anybody that liked that Susan Sarandon appearance on the Penguins-Rangers game last night. 412 33399 39 Up next, from the Athletic.com it's Josh Showy 105.9 The X.
1: This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X.
0: Joining me now, he's on the road with the Penguins from TheAthletic.com. It's Josh Yoey. Josh, what the heck went wrong last night? Because the Penguins seemed to just mentally disconnect in the third period.
1: It was really strange, Mark. I would say, given the circumstances, that may have been the worst period we have seen them play all season. And, you know, it came right after they had utterly dominated the first two periods. Uh, That was really impressive work. And, frankly, they probably should have been up more than 2-0. But uh, everything that could have gone wrong in that third period – did go wrong it was not a very becoming performance i thought it was a lazy performance uh you heard chris letang after the game say they didn't respect the rangers (laughs) you you don't really hear players say that very often good for chris for the (laughs) showing the honesty but uh that's a little disturbing it was only one game but uh you don't like to see that kind of an effort with the playoffs less than a month away
0: let's point out some bad moments for instance Kreider blew around letang to set up the goal that made it three three and that was shocking because Tanger, before last night, had been playing better, and he almost never gets beat on pure speed. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, Looking at the big picture, he has been much
1: better over the past six weeks or so, and I think that is encouraging. But no, you don't see anybody blow by him, and even when he's struggling, and when he's turning the puck over a lot, which he has done this season, you still rarely see him get burned one-on-one. Uh, it's just something that he's just a brilliant one on one defender because of his skating ability. And I know Kreider's a great skater, but uh, yeah, you certainly didn't expect that at that moment. Um, not a great game for Tanger. And just the defensive meltdowns that we saw everywhere uh, on the ice in the third period, uh, just kind of strange to see.
0: Carter Ronnie was on the ice for the Rangers' second and third goals, and Ruidel took the penalty that gave New York the power play that produced the third goal. Guys at the bottom of the roster just can't do that, can they?
1: No, you're right. And Rowney in particular. I've got to tell you, Mark, uh, we only saw Josh Joris briefly, but I thought he was okay. Uh, I saw a little bit more of a speed and more of an offensive game than what Rowney brings to the table. Uh, I'm a little surprised they don't give him more of a look. Uh, The fact of the matter is, Carter Rowney, I hate to pick on a guy, but he has been on on the ice for an unbelievably big amount of goals against. And if you're not going to score and he doesn't score, you just can't do that. So, um, no, that is an issue. Uh, Ruedel, I think he's been pretty good, actually, in general. In general, but, but
0: that was the exception to the rule lately.
1: It was, and just a couple of bad penalties, Mark. I mean... Even penalty Hornquist took earlier in the third started everything. Just the mental errors in that period were, were stunning. But, of course, you can, you can overlook certain things with great players, but you're right. Uh, fourth liners, real players, can't be on the ice for goals against uh, the third period when you're protecting a one-goal lead.
0: Mike Sullivan, the coach, he just can't decide what to do with Connor Sherry, can he?
1: No, he cannot. And uh, Listen, uh, Sidney Crosby has some power in regards to who his line mates are. Uh, That's something that he and Sullivan speak about a lot. But if I were to rank the Penguins' issues right now entering the playoffs, that would be a pretty big one, Uh, just not knowing who Crosby's linemates are. Because when you look at the rest of the top nine, it's hard to take Hornquist and Hagelin off of Malkin's line. It's been so good. And you saw the difference Russ made with uh, Phil Kessel on the third line and Derek Broussard. They were pretty good, I thought, last night, especially in the first two periods. So I understand the thinking of not wanting to break those lines up. But what do you do with the top line? I've been thinking about that all day, in fact, Mark, and and I like Crosby and Gensel together. I always have. But I'll tell you, if Sherry's not going to work or if he's going to be so streaky that you can't trust him, maybe you do give Daniel Sprung another look, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Sidney Crosby's not really had a great season for his standards, but the very best he has looked this season was in early January when he happened to have Daniel Sprung on his very win. Uh, I don't know that it's going to happen. I, I don't have any indication that it is. But you have to think about it eventually.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think they are, Josh. Unless by eventually you oh, I, mean I don't either. perhaps in training camp next year. Uh, I think at the very least they need to put rust on that wing so Sid can utilize his speed. And the minute Gino slows down, I, I use that as an excuse to put Hornquist with Sid because they just need better from Sid. I think Gino right now is a good bet to maintain his performance no matter who he's out there with. But even Gensel, Josh, Gensel has twenty goals, but it's been a pretty quiet twenty goals, hasn't it? It has, and he has frustrated
1: the coaching staff a lot this season. He turns the puck over a lot. He, you know, for all that he's the son of a coach's kid, you would think he'd be a pretty good defensive player. He's really not. I mean, he's okay defensively, but and that, that's Sullivan's single biggest problem, by the way. With. To sit in the kid's line, it has nothing to do with the production offensively. He doesn't think that line's very good defensively. And and I think the concern is, of course, Crosby to play too much defense when he's on the ice with those two guys. And you could certainly see that at times last night. And you know what? I guess when you look at the big picture, it's great if the Malkin and Berser line look good right now. But you got to take care of your top line before you take care of your third line. I think that's a good way to look at it. And they better figure out who's playing with Sid before the playoffs start because they need him to produce more than he's producing right now. Well,
0: yeah, they need him to maybe not produce more because he's over a point a game, and that's pretty good. But he never busts games open anymore. That's what they need from him more than rarely. No, you're right. He's It's not like he's playing poorly. He
1: is as dominant as ever down low, certainly. But um, he's like anyone else. He, he needs to have some kind of a comfort level with his line mates. And you can just see he doesn't have it right now. His body language has been really bad over the last month. Just you know, watching him when he, he goes to the bench after a shift, he's not happy. And you, you can see the frustration is oozing out of him. And uh, they need to figure it out. I Personally, I like Crosby with Gensel. I think those two are good together, but they need to figure out the right wing. And you know what? I mean, listen, I've always liked Hornquist with Crosby, whether he likes it or not. Uh, I know Sullivan liked Hornquist with Crosby. And the way Malkin's going... Um, I understand not wanting to break up that line, but maybe it doesn't have much to do with Hornquist and Hagelin. Maybe Malkin is just that good right now that it might not really matter who he's playing with.
0: Well, I'm a big Sid guy, but when nobody on the team's a good fit for you, then that's about you more than it is anybody else, everybody else. We're talking to Josh Owey. He's brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital. What's the latest on Zach Aston Reese uh, with the upper body injury, Josh? Because when he's healthy, I would use him in the top nine. I think he might yet be the ace in their deck.
1: Uh, Yeah, from what I've been told, the Penguins certainly expect him to be ready before the postseason begins. Uh, He hasn't practiced with the team yet, so he's a little ways off from playing. After tonight, the Penguins don't play for four days. It's, uh, I think, next Tuesday in Brooklyn. So there's some time off. Maybe he'll be able to practice between now and then. Uh, the coaching staff really likes him. And it's funny, if you compare Hassan, Reese, and Sprong, you know, the two best forward prospects, I think everyone agrees Sprong probably has a higher ceiling because of that ridiculous release. But coaches are sure more comfortable with and Reese. <clears throat> there's no question about that, Mark. And uh, he'll be in the top 12, I believe, when he's healthy. Where they play him, I don't know. But he certainly has a physical presence about him, which I think they need. He's reliable defensively. He scored four goals in an eight-game span or something like that. So, obviously, he has some scoring touch. I think he did enough to earn a spot in the lineup. It's just a matter of when he's back now.
0: The goaltending wasn't great last night, was it? Uh, Smith made great saves, but lets in bad goals. Look at the goal in overtime. Pretty weak. Yeah, that's kind of who he is, I think. Um he had a game against New Jersey a couple
1: of weeks ago where two of the goals he allowed were not very good, but he also made some spectacular saves. Um, that said, they gave up way too many high you know, grade-A opportunities against him, Mark, and you know, especially when you've got a, you're essentially your third-string goaltender in there. You would hope there would be a little bit more of a defensive conscience in front of him. Um, I, I still think Jari is going to be the backup uh, behind uh, Matt Murray whenever he is ready to play. I don't know that it's set in stone because, frankly, the Smith numbers haven't been better than Jari's at times this season. That cannot be ignored. But Jari certainly has the pedigree. I think he will be the backup. I didn't think the Smith was bad last night, but uh, yeah, I didn't particularly like the overtime goal. But you know, there's not a lot of time Mark, and that's that's been far too much of an issue lately, no matter who the goaltender is.
0: Well, speaking of goaltending, can the Penguins solve anti Niemi tonight in the Montreal net? How funny is that, Josh? Niemi was so bad in Pittsburgh. I honestly believe had Jari been the backup all year and not Niemi, the Penguins might be comfortably in first place in the Metro, but Niemi has a great uh, track record so far in Montreal, 2.3 goals against.
1: Uh, yeah, good luck explaining that. I remember the uh, second game Niemi played in Tampa when he just got lit up again. That was the last game he played for the Penguins, and I spoke with him after the game, and I remember thinking to myself, hey, he's nice but he probably just played his last NHL game. Uh, little did I know he—he's been quite good in Montreal, remarkably. Um, I, I certainly can't fault the Penguins for getting rid of him. He—he he was just horrendous, and he was really bad in training camp too, for what that's worth. So you, and, you and really bad in
0: practice, camp. Josh. He just had yeah. zero confidence whenever he put the Penguin jersey on. And he just
1: looked old and slim. Um, you know, I, I didn't blame the Penguins for what they did. I did for him for getting it together somehow. And the, and the, and the Penguins did not play great in front of him, certainly. He was and, a good in and the Leaf, and he had a really tough defensive schedule, but still, um, he was horrendous. I can't believe he's played as well as he has in Montreal, so that'll be a fun little subplot for sure.
0: The Canadians are crippled, aren't they? I expected much better from them this year, and now they got Pacioretty out. Carey Price out, Shea Weber out. They've actually held their own without those guys, but this is a good chance for the Penguins to get back on track, it would seem. You know, I think this is an important game for the Penguins, Mark. I, I really do. Um,
1: like I said, they don't play again until next Tuesday. So, you know, just from the standing standpoint, you don't want to give up these two points. And, you know, it was pretty clear Mike Sullivan was livid after that game in New York last night. And he's going to expect a bounce-back performance. This is a team the Penguins should beat, without question. Um, You you named all the guys who are out. Uh, This is not a very impressive NHL roster, and you're right. They've kept it together. They play hard. Um, They certainly have not collapsed the way you see teams collapse at at this time of year when they're just looking for a high draft pick. I haven't sensed that at all from the Canadians. The Penguins should win this game. And they have a lot of games against the Canadians. They have three against them in the next three weeks. They should win all three. They're a far superior team, and if you want to beat out the Capitals for the division, this is the kind of game you need to win.
0: Finally, Josh, uh, the Penguins are in the playoffs. I think we can safely conclude that. They're tied for first in the Metro, but they're also just five points away from being in a wild card spot. Uh, That said, five points is a lot when there's only 11 games left, but a lot is still up for grabs, is it not?
1: It is. I still think the most important thing for them is to be healthy and play it well going into the playoffs. I don't get the sense that they particularly care if they win the division or not. And if they don't win the division and end up in the 2-3 slot, they'll probably play Philadelphia. And frankly, that's a matchup they're very comfortable with. They're turning out against the Flyers this season. But yeah, it's been tight all season. And this is what happens when you have a bad first half, which they did. All of a sudden, you go into a little bit of a funk in the last week or so. And then you start looking at the standings, and teams aren't that far behind you. And the Metropolitan Division continues to be good, Mark. How about New Jersey? Last two games, they've won in Nashville and in Vegas. Uh, That's really impressive and the toughest stretch of schedule for them. Columbus is playing very well now. There are five pretty legitimately good teams in this division at the moment.
0: Josh, as always, great stuff. We'll do it again next week.
1: All right, Mark. I'll see you.
0: That's Josh Owey from TheAthletic.com. Be sure to check him out. Juju Smith Schuster just tweeted that playing a video game with Drake was better than scoring a touchdown. He went from being this sweet kid to the biggest jerk in the world inside of a few months. Yikes! I'm Mark Madden, 1059. Thursdays. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. SG. Hola, good sir. Hola. Hey Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 1059. Like I said earlier, I did not fill out an NCAA men's basketball bracket pool. I did fill out one for the women. I picked UConn to win every single game, even the games they don't play it. John Skipper says he resigned as the president of ESPN because he bought cocaine from somebody who then tried to extort him. Wow. If Skipper got blackmailed for anything, I'd have guessed it would be for putting that 6 p.m. Sports Center on the air with Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. You know who should host Sports Center? Keith Olbermann and Susan Sarandon. Olbermann could be Thelma. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CW uh, the Steelers did sign somebody today. They retained running back Fitz Toussaint. Toussaint signed a one-year deal. So if Bell doesn't show up for week one, the Steelers have running back coverage. Bell showed up late last year and started the season slow. He averages 60 yards per game rushing over the first three games. But the Steelers won two out of three. What if Bell shows up late, starts slow, and the Steelers lose two out of three. Or lose three out of three. Probably not, but uh, what if? And I asked the question again. For what you're going to pay Bell under the franchise tag, 14.5 mil? In theory, you could have had Carlos Hyde, the running back who signed with Cleveland, and Tyron Matthew, the safety from Arizona who is still on the market. What would make your team better? The team, remember? Not Fantasy League, not whose jersey you're wearing, but what would make the team better? Just Le'Veon Bell or Tyron Matthew and uh, Carlos Hyde or a reasonable facsimile of the latter? And I don't know the answer. I don't. You don't either. I just think it's a question worth asking. Uh, Neil Walker said the Pirates didn't contact him at all when he was a free agent this offseason. Walker now a member of the New York Yankees. Uh, Of course the Pirates didn't contact Walk. Bringing back the local kid was a romantic notion, but let's face it, the Pirates couldn't wait for Walker to leave when they had him, and I never could figure that out. we Will never figure that out. But Neil Huntington, the GM, never liked and did not want Neil Walker. Double M on the X. Up next, I'm going to talk about who should play what wing and with what center on the Pittsburgh Penguins. 105.9 the X.